everybody. Uh, we're back. Danny, there's the Austin American Statesman, Cedric Golden, Kirk Bowles, Thomas Jones. This is your Longhorn Confidential for Tuesday, August 15th. We are 18 days away from Rice. Spring football, it's in a rearview mirror. Big 12 media days, a month behind us. The open windows at practice, those are done too. All we have to do is look forward to another football season at, at Texas. Let's get talking about it. Um, the scrimmage was uh, this past weekend, um, first scrimmage for the Texas football team this um, during during fall camp in, in August. I don't know if we can call it fall camp. Uh, we got to talk to Steve Sarkeesian on, on Monday about the scrimmage, uh, talk to us for about 20 minutes. Um, we'll start going around the room, said you can go first. What kind of stood out to you about what Steve said? We can't see the scrimmage. You can see a couple highlights on Twitter and golf, what Steve told us, but what stood out to you at, at that press conference? Well, well, you said it best, Daniel. Um, we can't see it. So I, I take what he says with a grain of salt. I, I, I'm not saying he's being dishonest or anything like that, but the only the only things I can take away are the clips that I saw. Uh, everything's going to be great and rosy uh, for for all of these programs. Uh, they're you know they're having a great spring. You don't see anyone say, "Oh, we had a horrible spring." football practice we had a we had a horrible start to fall camp so um what stood out is no one got hurt seriously i mean you lose isaiah nayor last year and that was that was big that was a deep deep threat so the fact no one got hurt um the fact that he's bragging on big guys like alfred collins stood out to me uh we've been waiting on alfred collins since that alamo bowl his freshman year to blow up and he hasn't and this is it for him. And maybe, maybe now is the year that he brings it. But um, my biggest concerns for this team were definitely up front on the defensive end, on the defensive side. So him bringing up Alfred Collins um, stood out to me because they're going to need someone to be that, to, to be that uh, plugger, to be that disruptor that that they had with Snacks and DeMarvion Overshot on the edge. So. Uh, that was basically the fact no one got hurt and the fact that he singled out Alfred Collins was noticeable to me. Kirk? I got the sense he wasn't as happy with the offense as he was with the defense. Uh, uh, defense seemed a little ahead of the offense, which is a little bit of a surprise since 10 offensive starters are back, but he mentioned the three turnovers and said that's way too many. Uh, he did praise this quarterback, said they were efficient, said Malik Murphy was a little bit too inconsistent, raved about Arch Manning's progress. And he didn't mention the running game at all, really. He didn't mention that I remember somebody having a great run or somebody breaking tackles or that sort of thing. So I would think overall pleased with his defense and love with his secondary, but, you know, I was surprised he didn't gush a little bit more on the running game if there was anything to gush about. Well, Kirk, I think the running game was, was Arch Manning because he apparently hit 20 miles an hour on a 50-something yard touchdown run. Uh, that stood out to me. You know, you know, Quinn Ewers isn't the biggest runner, but if Arch has that athleticism that apparently his, his uncles don't, because I don't think Eli or Peyton have ever hit 10 miles an hour running, um, you know, that would give the UT offense a little different element. I think Malik has that a bit. Um, Arch has that some, obviously. Um, so I think it showed the athleticism that's behind Quinn. And, you know, that jumped out to me, a, a Stark like that. 
And he's talking about some of the inconsistencies. But if you get quarterbacks who can make some plays with their legs, uh, that covers up some mistakes. One, Arch may not play. Two, Arch Manning will not be the running game. So I, I agree they, with what you said. But They better hope not. They better hope he's not the running <laughs> game. What did you see, Danny? You know, Steve obviously talked uh, talked about um, Arch and you know his, his run. Also picked up a extended a drive on a third and long situation, which was which was something that they were happy to see. But you know, Steve gave a lot of love to the freshmen. This was kind of their first, I guess, fall scrimmage. Some of them were here during the spring, but he really liked what he saw out of Malik Muhammad, who had a pick six um, during the scrimmage. Also forced a fumble on Jatavian Sanders. Who, if you've ever seen Jatavian, that's not an easy easy thing to do. That's a, a big body to knock knock the football. Loose from um, Quintravian Wisner, the running back from uh, DeSoto, had had a good scrimmage both on special teams and in the backfield. That was running back he did. Steve did mention um, this weekend. Also, like we saw from Derek Williams and Anthony Hill, continues to get rave reviews and did so again on um, over the weekend. So Steve liked what he saw from the freshmen in kind of their first uh, fall scrimmage. And so that's, you know, this team is going to need depth. It's going to need some guys to step up. I don't know if Malik Muhammad's going to start right away, but that's a good rotation piece to give, you know, Ryan Watts a breather, give you know Terrence Brooks Brooks some rest or some competition at that that other cornerback spot. So it was good to see some of those freshmen um getting some love from the the head coach. Cause it, it would have been really easy for Steve to come in and tell us what we already know about, you know, Jordan Winnington and Xavier Worthy, who did have some, you know, injury things that needed to be cleared up by Steve and both seemed to be okay or talk more about Jonathan Brooks, but he made sure to point out that some of those freshmen were um, standing out and had a pretty good, a uh, pretty good weekend. Um, we go to a lot of these press conferences. We talk to Steve a lot. We talk to the players throughout the you know fall fall camp and also Big Twelve media days, and everything's rosy um, in the preseason. But talk is pretty cheap, um, as we as we know um, in this business. So, what do you need to actually see to believe about this team um, once this Rice game rolls around in in eighteen days? I need to see them run the football. You can't convince me that they're going to be better without B. John Robinson back there. You know, people are acting like, oh, they got four guys back there, very talented guys. B. John and Roshan Johnson left. And I know the offensive line is supposedly going to be great. We'll see about that because they haven't had a great line in a while. But you can't, you just can't convince me that um, it's going to be wonderful with these running backs, especially knowing that you're going to be putting more on Quinn Ewers. So that's what I need to see. Now, uh, they're going to run wild against Rice, and they're going to throw it against Rice. I need to see something against Alabama. I want I want to see them run against Alabama. And I'm not, I'm not saying they need to run for 200 yards in, in Tuscaloosa, but can, you, but can you as a team run for, run for 120? on like 40, 35 carries to keep them honest. I, I'm not convinced that this offense is going to be percolating like some people think. I, I want to see. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I think you make a big point. I don't think anybody's saying the running game would be better. There's not a chance in the hell of that without two running backs. I'm, I'm not saying better. I'm saying uh, effective. No, you said nobody would say they could be better, but I, I don't think anybody thinks they could be better. They, uh, I think most people are hoping they can hold their own and, and running game can be a threat. 
that. And like you say, the jury's way out on this offensive line still, and the interior line didn't create the holes. I mean, I don't remember any five-foot holes that Bijan or Roshan were running through. In a lot of cases, they made their own yardage after contact with, you know, their great vision, balance, power, speed, you name it. But uh, And instead, you hit on it about the pass rush. I think uh, pass rush and linebacker play, I think, are huge issues that I still got to see before I think, okay, this can be a top top 20, top 30 defense. I mean, you know, who is going to be that edge rusher? I mean, Baron Sorrell was like, what do you have, five and a half sacks? I don't think anybody coming back had more than two after that. So uh, is Baron Sorrell the answer? We, we've heard a lot of buzz about Ethan Burke, you know, and uh, I'm sure Ethan took offense when Sark said there's nothing sexy about Ethan Burke. He's a grinder. So, well, i tell you what, double-digit sacks would sure be sexy, whether it's Sorrell or Ethan Burke or – Murphy or Devondre Sweat inside or uh, Anthony Hill, you know, cross-training and outside linebacker and edge rushers. So, ten so years. TJ, what? Uh, ten years. Oh, ten, ten years since Jackson Jeffcoat, right? Oh, yeah. What do you got, time. TJ? No, I, I agree with you guys. You, you know, I think uh, Texas has realistic hopes to win the Big 12. I think they expect to win the Big 12. You win the Big 12, you should be in the conversation for the college football playoff. But you're not going to get there if you don't bring down the quarterback. I mean, what teams have we seen that ranked 78th in the nation in sacks? And that's where Texas ranked last year. And it's one of those things. They were second in the nation in quarterback pressures. They had like 225 pressures. But they can't bring a guy down. And Sark touched on it about those quarterback scrambles we talked about. Their discipline in the rushing lanes is just not great. And that leads to quarterbacks getting out of the pocket making some plays downfield. I mean, we saw Bryce Young beat Texas last year because they didn't maintain their pass rushing lanes. You have to get more sacks. You have to be more disciplined in the pass rush. You have to get those negative plays because your defense is pretty good. Without those big negative chunk plays, you're not going to beat other contending teams. It has to It has to get done on that pass rush. I think that's the single biggest thing um, with the defense. You have a good pass rush. You get those more turnovers. And I think things that take care of themselves. Got uh, on the ground. First off, I'm glad I don't sit by Kirk in the press box if he thinks sacks are sexy. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm willing to not not sit by you if that's a if that's what gets you going. But um, I, I think throughout the preseason, um, and this goes back to spring, Steve has done a really good job of preaching focus, and we're just talking about the 2023 football season. I mean, SEC questions he won't entertain. He was lobbed a couple realignment softballs last week, and he wouldn't even swing at them. Um, I personally don't believe his his lines that he had no idea where Texas was ranked in the coaches or the AP poll, which uh, he he stated today no. when someone asked him about the AP poll, which we'll talk about in a second. But I'm, I I am interested to see if that focus kind of resonates within the, the locker room. I think the players have done a good job of you know, echoing that message and that Steve has been preaching. And, you know, this is Texas. There's lots of media attention. There's lots of social media interactions, NIL obligations, all that stuff. There's a lot of things to distract this team. And so I'll be interested to see once the season gets going after that Alabama game or in the lead up to that Alabama game, whether they can maintain that focus and, you know, get towards that goal of winning a big 12 championship. Cause as I said, a couple minutes ago, talk is really cheap. Um, it's a 
But if they can actually maintain that focus that Steve uh, Sarkeesian has been, you know, just hammering home throughout the throughout throughout the offseason, I think that will go a long way towards them accomplishing their goals and actually focusing on because we've seen teams get distracted before um, just talking about off field stuff and, you know, the the stuff us media us in the media want to talk to them about that may not be football related. So if they can you know, focus on what's on the field, we'll, we'll see if um, that can lead to better production in the run game, better production on defense and chasing down the quarterback and just make this actually about football and not about about other stuff because the SEC talk can wait realignment talk you know we they can leave that to us and you know polls all that stuff but uh, i'll be interested to see that focus actually translates on on the football field um yeah we just talked about the ap poll um 11th for texas in the ap poll 12th in the coaches poll um so right by each other in both polls too high too low just right thomas we'll start with you i think it's a little low i'll be honest i I thought they would be higher based on the fact that you have arguably one of the best offensive lines in the country. All five starters are back from good offense last year. You have one of the top receiving cores in the nation. You have your quarterback coming back who has all the talent in the world. Now he has that experience, and you have a good, solid uh, defense. So I thought they would be a top-10 team. I was thinking seven or eight. Um, You know, 11's not far off. But I thought they would be a little bit higher. Will Will Sark use that as motivation? He says he's done it in the past. How much does that matter? Who knows? But yeah, I thought they'd be a top ten team. Um, it's about right. It's about right. I know the the Texas hype is always a little higher than it should be. Um, you got a quarterback that had fifteen touchdowns and six picks, and he's going to be asked to do a lot more this year. We'll see if he's up to it. He was wildly inaccurate last year. And it's, you know, we'll see if he's more accurate uh, this time around. A lot on Quinn's shoulders. He's in better shape. A little light. A 195 is light for a quarterback at this level. So I worry about durability issues. Uh, the offensive line is experienced. We'll see if they, they mash like some people expect them to. Um Defense is going to be good, but I still worry about the pass rush. Thomas, those are great numbers. 78th ain't going to cut it. Um, I'd, I'd like to know of the top 10 teams in the AP poll uh, where Texas ranks in sacks, and they might be the worst. Who knows? So um, we need them. I need to see more disruption on defense. So I like them right outside the top 10, but I know Mr. Bowles didn't. I know Mr. Bowles got them, <laughs> got them like. Somewhere in the top seven, I believe, Mr. Bowles. Our one AP writer, to be clear, Kirk. I'm not going to flash the hook'em horns, but uh, (laughs) I think that's too low. I did have him number seven in my preseason poll, Uh, in part because they've had so much returning experience. They got their offensive line back. They got a quarterback back. And there's so many teams that don't have starting quarterbacks back. As I wrote today, it's like – you know, Georgia doesn't have its starting quarterback. Uh, Alabama doesn't have its starting quarterback back. Clemson, you know, Cade Klubnick had a, a couple starts in the bowl game, but, you know, he's basically raw. Ohio State's breaking in a new guy for C.J. Stroud, and that's important. So, but, you know, I think that one of the reasons they're probably outside the top ten is that people were tired of Texas disappointing them because, as Danny's written, how many times, how many times was it, Danny, was it 
four of the last five years, they finished ranked lower than they were in the preseason poll. I think that was the number that you had. So of the last but, 10 times they've been in the preseason yeah. poll, they've failed to meet or exceed that ranking in all but three. So, yeah. But you know what's funny, guys, is that you remember last year when we were covering them? Remember, they were like favored, I think, in every game except Alabama. You remember they were favored against Oklahoma State on the road, K State on the road. I think TCU game, you know, TCU was undefeated. And I think Texas was a favorite in that one. We kept going, what in the heck are they looking at? You know, so I think it's a combination. Texas brand kind of helps it, obviously, as far as some rankings, but other people are going, same old Texas, you know, let me see it before I'll believe it. Yeah. I think, I think the ranking is just fine. I think, I think. With Texas specifically, it's one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situations for the voters. You vote them too high, you're buying into the hype. If you vote them too low, you're you're a hater. I think putting them kind of in that that high teens is just fine. Um, high double digits, I guess, if they're 11. Um, Texas has to prove themselves. They've been highly ranked before. I mean, 2018 is not that long ago. And um, you've fallen on their face. If they do what they're supposed to do, everything will work out just fine and there'll be a, a top 10 team at the end of the season. But I, I think it's, I don't think it's too much to ask for them to prove themselves on, on the field. Um, first, uh, one team on the camp on campus that doesn't need to prove themselves is this uh, volleyball team that Thomas is covering this season. I see him in their orange white scrimmage a couple, couple of days ago, the volleyball team, the football team both picked to win the big 12 conference in their preseason polls, which are voted on by the coaches the soccer team was picked to finish third, but it's a pretty close vote between uh, BYU, TCU, Texas. I think Texas got five first first place votes. Uh, Texas did win that the conference title last year. So we'll go we'll go around the room really quick because we're running out of time. Uh, we don't pay for the unlimited Zoom plan anymore, so we gotta be cautious with our, cautious with our minutes. But of those three ball teams, how many um, conference championships do you expect to win? And you, you don't get any bonus points. No one's gonna think you're clever for picking the volleyball team. So I guess this is really just a football and soccer uh, question. Uh, how many of those teams do you think is going to join this volleyball team, which will win another big 12 championship this year? I think well, yeah, volleyball, when you talk about titles, they're playing for a national title. They could really big 12 is like down here. National is here. Yes. They're going to win it. Football should win it. If not now, literally they're never going to win the big 12, but they should, they, they have to win the big 12 this year based on the competition and based on what they have coming back Soccer, you know, BYU, TCU are, are really strong in women's soccer. I think it's a toss-up with Texas. And then do we want to talk about the spring, too? You guys will know baseball more than me. Softball's not going to win it with Oklahoma still uh, around. But Coach Flo's going to we'll, win we'll it. Talk, we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about softball when softball comes. We need to <laughs> we need to dive more into Mike White's assistant coaching hiring. I, uh, yeah, at, I say it's going to be a false sweep for Texas. How about that? No idea about soccer, but I'm rolling with Angie. I'll roll with Angie. Uh, football, I'm picking them to get to the Big 12 championship. Don't trust them yet. I got them at 9-3. And, and I know Ducks probably got them at 10-2. and two. So I'm trusting that they'll get there, but I'm not ready to say they're going to win it yet. So I'm not ready. I'm not ready, Daniel. I'm not ready. Oh. I'm riding shotgun with TJ. I say it's a 3-0 sweep. I think uh, the Trinity Lexi show will continue. I mean, 
Trinity Byers, what did have 17 goals, school record last year, and Lexi is the assist uh, queen. It's, we're talking Stockton and Malone here, okay? And then they get four <laughs> newcomers. They won any championships. Including, uh, they won their conference, didn't they? Uh, that great goalkeeper, Mia Justice from Florida State, and a couple others from Auburn and uh, Boston College. Cousin, by the way, Tim yeah. Howard's cousin. Exactly. Pretty I think they're loaded. I, I really think they could do a 3 0 sweep. Uh, it's time for, uh, you know, and I'm sure they're mad about losing the Director's Cup to Stanford. So this would put them a leg up toward uh, getting that title back. I think Chris O'Connor's pretty. Uh eager to leave the conference with as much hardware as he can collect. I think that's right. What did Angela told us? He said, yeah, Del Conte is saying, let's leave them all with parting gifts. Let's win 20 conference titles. So yeah. But the one thing that we, we haven't talked about and we will, and probably the next LC, they've got, you know, they they're Texas and they always have that target on their back. They really have a target on their back this year. No one wants to see them walk out of here with a conference title, so they're going to get everybody's best shot. Yeah, true. Let's say you, Danny. I'll, I'll go for the sweep as well, and I, you know, I guess we are the biggest Homer podcast on the on, on the Texas uh, media media circuit. But well, obviously, well, volleyball—that's um, that's a no-brainer. I, I think this football team is the best football team in the conference, and you know, you have a, a, a talented soccer team—a chip on their shoulder—saying. Hey, you won the top championship last year, and you picked to finish uh, third this year. Even though you know BYU is obviously talented, and TCU is always always has a good team. I think that that gives them a little bit of motivation going into the season. Although Ange also repeated the same line that uh, Steve did about not paying attention to the the polls and um, not not knowing what's going on. So I, I don't know if I believe that. I think that's some extra motivation from them. But yeah, let's. Uh, I'll pick soccer to win um, another conference championship. Or CDC to give Ange that extension, and we can uh, move move on to SEC SEC talk um, next year. But yeah, we are running out of time here, um, so I guess we'll just wrap it up. I think we'll be back next week, maybe to do some season season preview stuff before we get started with the Rice Week. Um, also, back on Second Thought Podcast that comes out on Thursdays. You guys back this week? Or are we waiting waiting another week? We're Coming back. back. Football realignment. Um, probably going to have a special guest, uh, TBA, uh, working on that. But uh, yeah, we're back uh, on Thursday. So check that out on statesman.com as well as all of our um, coverage throughout from throughout the fall camp. Lots of stories, lots of content. We've been you know, going at it ever since we got back from our, our little summer vacations. We get we get some weeks off in July, but once August starts, um, it's full go. It's not construction work, but it is still still a lot of work. So please check that out on, on statesman.com. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening to us, watching us on YouTube, listening to us wherever you get your podcast. But Danny Davis, Thomas Jones, Kirk Bowles, Cedric Golden, we will see you next week. Bye.